0: Turns on Tuesday, and I expected it to be 100% a snoozer, but there are some, uh, some believe it might start getting exciting. More and more people seem to believe maybe there will be witnesses that happen. We won't know for weeks, because they're going to go through the presentation from both sides first, I guess, and uh, so it'll be weeks from now, but if there are weeks or just days, I I heard an expert say weeks. That doesn't mean they're right. Okay. But the, they would go through the presentation of various things first, and then they would do the vote on whether or not we're going to have some more witnesses. Yeah, essentially the senators
1: I will jaw about, do we need to know more or what? I heard a very persuasive commentator say, listen, it's clear the House is supposed to be the fact-finding body, the investigating body, the witness-calling, grilling, getting uh, subpoenas. They're supposed to do that. Then the Senate... Weighs the evidence. Um, They're not supposed to go out and as different people come forward through the days and weeks to come. Because like this Lev Parnas uh, gangster who Rudy was ooching around with. And I'm telling you, I've said it a hundred times and here's one more. If Trump goes down, it's going to be because Rudy has no judgment. Anyway.
0: It's because Rudy has several ex-wives and is at the end of his life and is broke. Ah. That's what's driving the whole Rudy thing.
1: You don't know what you're talking about, idiot. So he'll do whatever it takes to get Aaron right. a Buck. Yeah. He's, a,
0: he's a desperate man.
1: But so this Lev Parnas character uh, bubbles up now, and he wants to talk, and he's going on Rachel Maddow. And, uh, okay, great. Well, what about some guy who shows up You know, three days after this whole thing starts in the Senate on Tuesday? Um, if he shows up Thursday next week. And says, oh, yeah, 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 I was actually with the president of Ukraine. And when he got off the phone, he said, holy crap, Trump's uh, Trump's a twist of my arm then that guy becomes part of the record, and we investigate
0: him. And, and that's why there's some it argument... It will go on perpetual. Well, that's why there's some argument for the House reconvening and taking a look at it, and maybe another, you know, they they go through the evidence again with maybe another article of impeachment. Which I obviously don't think would there's
1: take, a, I don't think there's a single constitutional argument against that.
0: The the the, the only argument against that is the calendar, as you would or definitely end up into spring and summer, well into the presidential election if you go down that road. Right, uh, right, but you can't be claiming this president
1: is so dangerous. He must be removed from office and barred from ever holding another office only months before an election. is This is that important. And then say, but this schedule doesn't really suit me. I was going to go to the Hamptons this July. You can't know both. It's one or the other.
0: But the breaking news today is the Trump team has picked their people, and it's going to be Ken Starr, who ran the Clinton impeachment, and... Harvard, Alex Baldwin. Harvard, Not Alex <laughs> Baldwick. Harvard Professor... Uh, That's funny Alan Dershowitz Who uh, is arguing Against this being An impeachable offense He doesn't like Trump He doesn't believe In anything Trump Stands for But he thinks This is being too uh, Careless with the Impeachment uh, Part of the Constitution And he's going to be Making that argument And he's really good at it Right
1: So we shall see I got to admit, I'm mildly uh, um, interested in in how it goes. I think there will be some
0: oh, they do witnesses
1: stuff here hunter,
0: hunter Biden gets called where's Hunter and they start digging I've into
1: him wheres.
0: Did we play that clip?
1: I think um, we did we,
0: once. we start digging into hunter Biden's life for some reason.
2: <laughs> I don't know why that's you know, uh,
1: really relevant, but I don't agree with the Democrats on much, but I do agree that really wouldn't serve much of a purpose <laughs> other I than mean... entertainment. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay, here's the devil's advocate argument. Well, the president says he was uh, investigating corruption and Hunter Biden was utterly corrupt. But Here, you, let us show
0: you. You know you know there'd be an effort to get into it Hunter Biden's, you know, stripper wives and you gotta get the baby stripper, mamas and right? You got to call them it. in character witnesses. <laughs> Lack of character witnesses.
2: Oh gee. In many ways, I'd like a trial, and I'd love to have uh, Sleepy Joe Biden. I'd love to have his son. I call him Where's Hunter. I've changed his first name to Where. Where's Hunter? Uh, I'd love to have the whistleblower who wrote a fake report. Oh boy,
1: Where's what? Hunter? If you call Hunter and ask him about his work for Berisma, and it doesn't ring true, you got to subpoena the Ukrainian mobsters who run the place, right? All right. Now we're into like 2023, next <laughs> December after the election. Yeah, yeah, I know it. Uh, little, Hunter, you're a
2: loser. <laughs> <laughs> little
1: little bonus mailbag for you. Oh man, I'm I'm telling you, I'm shouting out. If I had a hammer, I'd I'd hammer her in the morning. Uh, to tell you, beware, my friends, in your your progressive leaning states of the various idiotic laws that have been tried in Cal Unicornia. Evidently, the usual suspects, New York, New Jersey, and Illinois, are considering gig worker protection laws like California just passed. Although, there are more and more and more people who are getting a little attention saying, Hey, this, this gig worker law has screwed me. I hate it. You're not protecting me. You're screwing me. There's a Facebook group called Freelancers Against AB5 that are trying to get it overturned. Got this email. Um evidently gigging musicians are getting murdered by this because now there are people trying to argue no they're actually employees of wherever they're gigging and um let's see here's here's the email um you know I don't want to go into too too much detail on this but the live music sec sector
0: Which is
1: the progenitor of the term gig work, is being swept up in the law and it's screwing musicians.
0: So I start a band and I decide to play, I'm going to pay a drummer and a bass player and whatever to play with me. I can only play so many times before there are employees that need health insurance and 401ks and all that sort of stuff. Yep. And it's
1: creating a tangle of red tape and administrative expense for people who can barely feed themselves. To illustrate, in 2019, San Jose Jazz presented more than 1,000 musicians across 326 different performances. Uh, The vast majority, independent musicians and singers from Cal Unicornia, the nation around the world. U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics defines musicians under code 27-2042, musicians and singers. This is distinct from the category of fine artists, 27-1013, fine artists, including painters, sculptors, and illustrators.
0: So for to be a sculptor. But then again, no. <laughs> That'd be good. Can I start at this point in life, or is it too oh, late? Oh, sure. You uh, would you do clay, stone? Like, what are you oh, thinking? Marble. Marble, ooh. Yeah, marble. I'm going <laughs> okay, to get a big slab of marble. I'm going to start this weekend. I'm going to get a big slab of marble a chisel and a mallet, and go to it. What do you have in mind? And it's pretty simple. All you do, you carve away everything that's not the David, right? And yeah. you end up with the David. The statue's already there. You're just yeah. removing and the things absolutely. that's not absolutely. That.
1: Well, that sounds pretty easy then. Uh-huh. So why the hell do people pay so much for sculptures? <laughs> <clears throat> for big-name acts, they contract with corporate agents, et cetera, et cetera. But for most musicians, the vast majority... Um, according to this person's written in first person, we work directly with the band leader to agree on price and terms, providing them payment as independent contractors. They, in turn, pay the band members in accordance with IRS Schedule C filing rules. Under AB5, we will be required to inform all U.S.-based musicians they must now become employees of San Jose Jazz or incorporate themselves
0: before they will be allowed to perform
1: for us. Fantastic. Oh, my God. The more laws, the less justice.
0: I'm so, a banjo anyway, player. I'm trying to pick up a couple of bucks so to I, play my banjo on the weekend. I've played this show every year for five years, and
1: now you're telling me i got to incorporate, which costs hundreds and hundreds of dollars, or what's to a file, various forms, and uh, oh, for
0: God's sake. If I had my big chunk of marble and my mallet and my chisel, yes. I don't have any idea when I go to start. If I have to swing as hard as I can to get anything to come off, or you just delicately tap it, you can always really swing know.
1: harder. I would start with a tap. move up to a wrapping, and then end at a whapping, All right? See, uh, what we in the sculpting world refer to as the tap-slap-wap roll, Or what did I say? tap Anyway.
0: <laughs> I've seen pictures of Da Vinci. He looked like he had pipe cleaner arms. He was oh, like yeah. a, he was oh, practically Adam Schiff with that neck. So right. I'm thinking you don't have to hit it very hard. No, certainly not.
1: What do you have in mind, though? You got a uh, gal with her, her breasts is out or... Uh, teeth. No, uh, you no, re- no! Replicate no. Michelangelo's David or maybe, I don't know, a, a hog feeding at a trough or what? There's
0: already a David. I'll go with a Tom. <laughs> or a Robert. Somebody a little more schlubby. I'll call it the Robert. <laughs> exactly. Similar sort of thing. I'm not carving the, the the Nether region though. The naughty bits. No, I picture you as a fig leaf guy. You're putting fig leaves or, on there, Or full on shorts. <laughs> Cargo pants. I was at a uh an
1: expensive art gallery once with a friend of mine who's uh is is a physician. He's uh you know, he's been doing it a long time. He's got money. He likes art. And they know him to be a mover a, a guy who invests in art. Well, I'm along with them as a guy who invests in i take pictures of like a pretty river then blow it up and put it on my wall i mean i don't i don't really have art um i i like art very much i think i appreciate it but but this guy assumed i was some sort of big mover and shaker and was going to spend uh, zillions of dollars on art too and it was kind of fun kind of getting the uh, the treatment the uh... would
0: you like anything to drink Uh, We have
1: some champagne, sir. Uh, You know, I wouldn't mind a glass. I mean, a a flute or what do you drink it in? (laughs) Anyway, bring me some champagne.
0: (laughs) Imposter! Imposter! I walk uh, in those stores and I think, how do you know if this is worth $15,000 or not? I just have no idea. Well, I tell you what, I I fell in love with this
1: Russian artist who, I mean, seriously, I had an emotional reaction looking at this guy's paintings. They're absolutely gorgeous. They're pretty big.
0: Were they bleak? (laughs) That's what I like about Russian artists. Everything's bleak. It
1: was not bleak. I like bleak. It was
0: a little bleak around
1: the edges, <laughs> just at the edges. But so these guys were giving me the, you're a rich guy, and you're going to write us an enormous check treatment, which I enjoyed. And I said, you know what? i got to bounce this off my wife. And so I took some pictures and sent them home. And Judy said, wow, those are pretty. I like those. And then I hit her with the price tag. I believe they were about $12,000 each.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, each.
0: Wow.
1: I said, I think we could put these in the, uh, the family room. What do you think? And hit her with the price tag. And she sent back a, a, a reply that cannot be aired. Um, and I said, you know what? I- I'm going to come back and see you sometime. We'll talk about old Oleg von Stuperhausen
0: or whatever. That All guy's I would name think was. every time I looked at a painting like that is um, dollar signs. Yeah, twelve thousand dollars I won't have in retirement. Back to that topic. Who am I going to sell this to? Yeah, exactly. How <laughs> hard would
1: it be? I wonder if I can get eight cents on the dollar for this at a garage sale. <laughs> um, actually, my friend who invests in art said, you know, he said, yeah, it is expensive, but you, if you really enjoy it, you got to prorate it over the number of years you're going to enjoy it. And um and then it, it makes more sense and I thought you know that's a good point and then I did some math and I thought nope I'm too old
0: I'm too old to invest in <laughs> art or buy art <laughs> what if you spent uh, you, like, your entire Saturday staring at it every every Saturday every all day Saturday long. you stand stare. there and look at like the there. brush strokes honey nice. we looked at we looked at the brush strokes last week it's Saturday sweetheart well this this week let's look at the contrast right let's enjoy the contrast look at the contrast. The
2: lights are light the darks that we've talked Last September!
0: Man, your wife sounds like a shrew in this oh, uh, predicament. It's, it's terrible. She wouldn't let me buy the art. <laughs> Girl woman, what about my dreams?
1: Don't take out.
0: What about my dreams?
2: Armstrong and Getty. Getty Show. Harvey Weinstein asked for a last-minute delay. You're not going to like this. Uh, last-minute delay of his New York City trial. And women everywhere were like, Oh, you do know what stop means. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, no, cool, 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 cool. Pro-woman day. Pro-woman.
1: That reminds me, they're expecting about 10,000 women for the big women's march in D.C. this time.
0: Yeah, I read an interesting article how that's fallen apart over the years for a variety of reasons. Uh, football games this weekend. I'm Com- pro-woman, by the way. Just not pro that silly march. Conference championships. Who's going to the Super Bowl? We're down to the Final Four. Yes. So, uh, Kansas City hosting Tennessee. Oh, sept- it'll be a war. <laughs> or they'll get obliterated. to be 60 to 90. Who nothing. Will? Uh, Tennessee. What? They walked into New
1: England and punched Tom Brady in the face. An old then man. Then they sashayed down the coast to the hottest team in football, the Ravens, and laid waste
0: to them. I think it's going to be a Quote, blow Quote the
1: Ravens, never more do we want to play Tennessee.
0: Huh? Kansas City, seven-and-a-half point favorite host in Tennessee. I predict a blowout. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I've not watched one snap of football this year. I appreciate your candor. And the 49ers <laughs> hosting the Green Bay Packers. Ooh. 49ers are seven-and-a-half point favorites. I haven't got the slightest. At favorite. home. What are you predicting on Never
1: that? count out the great Aaron Rodgers, though. Okay, okay I won't. I tell you what. <laughs> uh, he he, he got to check his health insurance because the uh, 49ers pass rush is awesome, and he is old. By football standards, by my standards,
0: he's very young. The guy who runs Twitter is a guy named uh, a man called Jack Dorsey. I didn't realize he's only forty-three. So he started this thing in his twenties. Yeah,
1: really annoying. That yeah, is, yeah, annoying. no kidding.
0: You think you're better than me? Based on what? <laughs> huh. All your
1: achievements? Huh?
0: <laughs> Perhaps based on this. He he. Uh, his 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 health thing is kind of legendary. He eats seven meals a week. That ain't enough. He did dismiss the sauna ice bath claims that people have uh, have been uh, a A rumor that's been going around. Has he tried the hyperbaric chamber yet? The rumor was they that go to he, sleep with the milk. The rumor was that he spends an hour each day alternating between a sauna and an ice bath. Wouldn't that kill you? No. When my mom lived in Alaska, she used to do something where you would just be in the sauna and then you go out and you just do roll ah, in the snow and then you run back into the sauna. That yeah. sounds painful. Ah, wakes you right up, though. I'm sure it would. Please. I definitely do not do a sauna and ice bath every day. He does admit to trying to put in two hours of meditation a day. That's a lot. Two <laughs> hours? Yeah, it's a lot. And, you're, and you came up with it and you're running Twitter? How do you do that? Seven meals a week. I had to get a battery from my watch. It took me three weeks to get around to it. How does he do that? His one big meal every day? Is a lot of protein via chicken, fish, or steak, as well as a lot of greens. One meal a week, so he's basically doing that whole fasting. One thing. meal a day, uh, a day, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, he's basically doing that whole fasting thing. One low-carb meal every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah he's t- he's uh among the more extreme examples of the intermittent fasting.
1: I finished all the gingerbread cookies my daughter made, and I'm halfway through the ice cream she left. <laughs> right after that, I'm gonna get on the straight and narrow. I mean, I can't throw away. Four dollars worth of ice cream?
0: I can throw away stuff like that, but like when my wife makes a pie, I'm not going to throw away a homemade apple pie. I just, I'm never going to do that.
1: If if I had any character whatsoever, I would go home and throw that ice cream away. I mean, especially because it's Ben and Jerry's and they are liberals. <laughs> wow. I'm Joe Getty for Ted Nugent brand ice cream. (laughs) Do you want ice cream that's read the Constitution and loves it?
0: Chuck Norris ice cream. (laughs) Hi, I'm Tim Allen for Chuck Norris ice cream. (laughs) Ice cream that'll put your teeth out. We've named all the celebrity conservatives. Chuck Norris
2: doesn't listen to Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty listen to Chuck Norris. Yes,
0: didn't take very long to, yes. to name all the conservative celebrities either. Yes, Tom
1: Selleck. There you go. Now musicians. That's a brief conversation.
0: Um, people aren't getting better with their sleep habits. Even you though know what, you know what, I'm sorry,
1: I got to jump in. I got to correct myself. There are a hell of a lot of conservative celebrities, musicians, etc. They're just afraid to say anything. They keep their mouths because shut because other people will try to punish them by putting them out of their uh, uh, their ability to earn a living. Or they will just screech at them and say terrible things to them, get, and they think, I don't need the headache. You get
0: blacklisted by will and grace. Right. Maybe we'll get to this later. If you had made the New Year's resolution for getting more sleep, I think that was Michelangelo's uh, New Year's resolution. That's a, that's a heck of a good one. Speaking of health, you got to eat right, you got to exercise, you got to get enough sleep. Well, that's the one that we're all missing out on, and we're not doing better, according to a new study. But we'll oh, that. no. we also got to talk about what this is the 100-year anniversary of, because it's pretty significant. And how the heck did it happen in the United States of America?
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show. By 1830, the average American over 15 years of age drank the equivalent of 88 bottles of whiskey every year, three times as much as their 21st century descendants drink. Americans spent more money on alcohol each year than the total expenditures of the federal government. Mm. Inebriates filled the nation's poorhouses and workhouses and prisons. Here are an inebriate. More and more, people began to worry that the country was becoming... A nation of drunkards. Faces a nation of drunk. (laughs) From Ken Burns' documentary about Prohibition,
0: which is the 100-year anniversary of this nation passing an amendment to our Constitution to outlaw booze, in effect,
1: intoxicating beverages.
0: Um, and it's 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 hard to believe it ever actually happened. But from the beginning, I, I remember when I watched that documentary. I was amazed at how much people were probably drinking. Why were people drinking? What did they say? Three times as much as people do now?
1: Uh, no, I think three times as much as their uh, predecessors. I think that's what it
0: said. No, uh, what, uh, as the people who came after. Oh, it was after? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my mistake. I what? think he was making the argument that prohibition worked. I just remember reading... <laughs> oh, uh, no, so, no, no, So does he mean... It, because that's the true again. Yeah, yeah, well, at least the
2: first part, yeah. One. Oh, that's the wrong one. It's this one. <laughs> By 1830, the average American over 15 years of age drank the equivalent of 88 bottles of About whiskey one every, every four days. days. Three times as much as their 21st century descendants drink. Okay. Okay. The day. So why did I'm it, familiar with the present day? Why
0: did people in 1830 drink three times as much as people do now?
1: Boredom. No electricity. Thought it looked cool. No Netflix. To fit in, Michael. That's right.
0: Because <laughs> all the cool kids were doing it. Peer pressure.
1: Probably because they worked 12 hours a day, six days a week. I, I don't know. That's an interesting question. There's no cable? Um, life is hard and booze makes you forget? I don't know. Life's hard now?
0: Yeah. I, Not as hard as then.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I watched that documentary or, or parts of it anyway. I think I fell asleep because I'd had too much wine. But, um, and I remember the uh, the statistics on domestic violence, how guys who get hammered on their way home from the factories and the rest of it were they're disturbing.
0: So, prohibition lasted for thirteen
1: now, I'm not years. Saying that, therefore, I was in favor of it, or would would have been, but. It was disturbing.
0: Prohibition lasted for 13 years, immediately after uh, we, we passed the Constitutional Amendment 100 years ago. And again, it was a ban on the production, importation, transportation, and sale of alcoholic beverages. Having it and drinking it varied from state to state. But there were a lot of states where you just couldn't even have it and drink it, let alone transport it, sell it, etc. Um But it lasted for 13 years, and immediately after Prohibition, drinking dropped a lot. It was about 30% the level before Prohibition. So it definitely had an effect, but it climbed back up over the years as bootleggers and, you know, people decided, "Ah, that's all right, that's been long enough without a drink. Mm -hmm. And it got back up to about 60 or 70% of the pre-law. But that's still a pretty big drop. It is. One of the reasons, uh, there are a number of reasons that... Then we then passed another amendment and said drinks on me. But uh, the depression hit, and that was a hell of a lot of tax revenue for the government. Ah, yes. To miss out on. Ah, yes. Hell of a lot of tax revenue. And thought, eh, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll bring that back, loosen that up a little bit. But there there were were de- definitely some benefits from prohibition. I mean, but I
1: know just... what we'll do to keep people beco- from becoming violent, degenerate drunks. We'll force the liquor companies to say drink responsibly in their advertising. What an idiotic thing that is. Research into- uh, hey, hey, honey, honey, I'm not going to, no, no, I don't need another one. Budweiser told me to drink responsibly in their commercials. And I so. listen to
0: big corporations when they tell me right. in ads what to do.
1: Yeah, that would be drinking irresponsibly, my friend. Hey, buddy, thanks for pointing that out to me. I'm not going to drink anymore tonight because that's what Seagram's told me.
0: After prohibition rates of liver cirrhosis, alcohol, alcoholic psychosis that's that's a bad one and infant mortality declined oh, quite a bit erg. the rate the effect on the rates of crime and violence is disputed um
1: well yeah i mean because there was a tremendous amount of violence connected to the black market liquor industry which was, as we all know
0: That was the origin story of the modern mafia as we know it. Am I wrong in in connecting those dots? Mm, It's just organized crime exploded. What was the level of cirrhosis, though, and uh, various other illnesses from drinking too much when people were drinking three times as much as they do now?
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty bad. I didn't know more about that. That's a lot of drinking. Yes, it is. I mean... crushing a bottle of whiskey although they don't say
0: what the what the measure of the bottle is he says the equivalent of so i assume he's using modern day
1: probably not bottles. the 1.75 liter jug the regular bottle
0: bottle one. One of those every four days per person. And what was the proof on whiskey? Was it the same as now, or was it much more watered down back then? That's that's the whole founding fathers beer thing. Right. Beer back Even in the day, children were drinking beer. Yeah, beer back in the day was so watered down. Well, watered down is the wrong term. It just it's not alcohol. Alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you could you could have a couple of brews and get a very mild buzz with lunch because it was safer than drinking the water and uh, and go about your life.
1: Probably worth mentioning that during those days of prohibition, right at the beginning of it and throughout it, and uh, my hero H.L. Mencken wrote about this a lot, all of the dry state senators and congresspeople drank like fish, even as they made their speeches on the House floor about how we must stamp out this
0: evil. Oh, yeah, in D.C. was a nonstop party. Oh, yeah. It's similar to a lot of things that have always been true with the government. They They lecture us about a bunch of things. You lecture us about illegal immigration. You live in a gated community where there are no legal immigrants except for the ones that are mowing your lawns. You know, yeah, exactly. it's not affecting your school. Um, and uh, well, Boardwalk Empire was such a great show, if you ever watched that, about the Prohibition era. Mm-hmm. And, and the parties the connected were having all the time. Good time. Yep. But it did. It said it cut drinking that 30% of the pre-Prohibition levels. That's a lot.
1: It's a big trade, though. You know, trading liberty for, you know, perhaps a health effect down the road.
0: But, yeah. Has any other country ever done that in the modern era? Outside no of, like, your idea. Islamic countries? or the...
1: I have no idea. That's funny. You'd think I'd know that. No, I don't have a clue. I'd think you'd know a lot of things. But... Any... <laughs> and you don't. Uh, any, any of the Western uh, democracies have prohibition as well? I mean, granted, we've had the drug prohibition in a lot of places in varying degrees. Oh, the, you know what? That reminds me. This is a good devil's advocate question. I think I got it right here. By
0: the way, Lonnie Chen coming up. Talk a little politics. One of our uh, fave pundits. We haven't talked to him in a while, have we?
1: Yeah, it has been a while. You know what? Yeah, why don't we just go ahead and take a break? Oh, it was an email from a beloved listener who says, listen, um, the people have been talking about legalizing drugs and how that would cut down on the illegal drug trade and violence and the rest of it. And um, he said, look, you get junkies everywhere now, particularly in your blue states and blue cities. Is that connected to the decriminalizing of drugs? Are you guys happy with the result? Is anybody talking about this? And I thought, you know what? That's a pretty good devil's advocate point. We yeah. will pursue that, my friend, uh, down the road, but uh, right around the corner. Lon He Chen talking about the uh, the news of the day, impeachment, and more.
0: For old time's sake. I think you
2: called me a liar on national TV. What? I think you called me a liar on national
0: you know, TV. Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion,
1: we'll have that Anything? discussion. You called me. You told me. All right, let's not do it I'm now. Not, I don't want to get involved. I just want to say hi, Bernie. No. Yeah, good. Okay.
0: That's a man and his wife at a restaurant, and she starts to bring up something they were arguing about earlier, and he says to her, let's not do it right now. Let's talk about this later. That's really uncomfortable. And she doesn't talk to him all the way home, and it's very, it's very uncomfortable. It was actually
1: Bernie and Liz Warren, John on stage, disagreeing with it, calling each other liars. I <laughs> can't oh, well. believe it. I just wondered what uh, Lon he thought of it. Lonnie J. Chen, Diane, David, and Diane Steffi, research fellow at Hoover Institution, director of domestic policy studies at Stanford, host of the podcast "Crossing Lines" with Lonnie Chen. Lonnie, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Happy New Year. Thank you. It's been far too long. Hope you're well.
0: Yeah, let's. Uh... Let's start with the good gossipy stuff. What, what was your reaction to that, and how, do, how does that play out in your mind?
3: You know, my my reaction was, this is the moment I've been waiting for. <laughs> this is the moment. This is the moment that I always thought was coming, but I was never sure when it was coming. It was going to be before the first caucuses and primaries. At some point, you knew Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders were going to have beef, and the moment is here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, how how likely is it that uh, everybody's favorite woke grandpa is some sort of misogynist?
3: Well, you know, look, we shouldn't be surprised by anything with Bernie Sanders anymore. I mean, if, if if you look at the background of this guy and you look at all of the crazy things he's done over his career, nothing should surprise anyone when they find out that Bernie Sanders is this, that, or the other. The, the challenge for Bernie Sanders and for Elizabeth Warren both has always been that they're basically competing for the same group of people. And I think there was always going to come a point when they would seek differentiation with one another. And that's what we're seeing. Sure. We're seeing them kind of subtly trying to get out and figure out how do they distinguish from one another. And, and it's not going to be pretty.
0: Well, Bernie raised a hell of a lot of money out of that exchange.
3: Yeah. And 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 there's reason to believe, actually, as we look at the race today, that Bernie Sanders has the inside track to capture those voters for all of the talk about Elizabeth Warren and her campaign and you know how how how, how well she was doing I, I know we've talked a couple times and all on the selfies yeah all the selfies and all the energy and all the running on stage and you know but but the reality is bernie sanders has the the hearts not the minds he has the hearts of the progressive left and that may matter more
1: hey i'm guessing that you know most folks including the audience have only a dim view of what bernie's been up to the last 50 years what sort of wacky stuff are you talking about
3: well, his his honeymoon to the Soviet Union might be one thing we should talk about. His, his, his sort of commentary, glowing commentary about socialism over the years. Uh, you know, there's been some stuff that he's been responsible for up in Vermont. Uh, as I understand it, that's, that's quite interesting as well. But, but, you know, over the years, the way that he has embraced socialism, the way that he has embraced uh, failed society. So he said great things about the Cuban society, about Venezuela, about all of these failed states, it'll be interesting to see if any of that actually gets dragged back to hit him with. I mean, I, I it, some of his commentary really has been quite outrageous if you look at
1: it. Boy, Trump will beat the hell out of him with that stuff if it comes to that, and be something to look forward to. Hey, speaking of Donald J, um, uh, what would it take to sway Republican votes in the Senate if it's even worth asking that question? And 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 if it would take like a big surprise or a new witness. Is is the impeachment thing even set up for big surprises and new witnesses?
3: Uh, I don't know that it is. I think, you know, that was always my supposition, that if, if there was some big blockbuster piece of new evidence or a blockbuster new witness. But, you know, look, there's been all this conversation about this guy Lev Parnas this week. It, it's clear he's not entirely a credible human being, probably not the kind of surprise witness the Democrats had in mind. So it seems to me that the only person who might be able to move the needle a little bit, if at all, is John Bolton. And you know, if Bolton testifies, who knows what he's going to say? My guess is it's probably going to be a lot less spectacular than people think, just in terms of the you know what he's going to disclose, what new information is going to come out. But the the, the trial is really not necessarily set up in a way. For there to be some explosive new declaration. And even if there were to be one, it's not clear to me that the Republican Congress, the Republican senators would allow for the change of rules necessary uh, to to process that new information. So I I don't see a whole lot moving both at this point. I think this result is pretty well set.
0: Since you've been uh, running around Iowa with candidates before, you've observed that. How big a deal is it that Liz and Bernie won't be on the ground for the next several weeks?
3: Oh, I think it's going to be significant because Iowa is such a grassroots state. It's so important to, to have physical presence there. It's so important for people to see you, to hear you. Now, obviously, they've got a, you know what could be considered a good excuse. They're not just blowing off Iowa because they feel like it. But still, I think those candidates who don't, have has to be on the Senate floor, and I'm thinking primarily of, of a man named Joe Biden, I think will benefit. Pete Buttigieg, I think, will benefit. That's why I think the conventional wisdom now is that Buttigieg will win Iowa. He's got a Ooh, good organization.
0: Really? There. I didn't know that. That's, that's got, news
1: to me.
3: Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's done very well in the polling there. Uh, his numbers are pretty good there. He's got a good grassroots presence. Um, there is reason to believe that he could win Iowa. You know, then the question will be, if he wins Iowa, who comes in second? What does it mean for Sanders and Warren? But, yeah, if I were Buttigieg's campaign, I'd be feeling pretty good about Iowa right now.
1: Lonnie Chen is uh, with the Hoover Institution, Stanford University, uh, hosts a podcast, Crossing Lines with Hee Chen. Hey, listen, I know you're based out of Cal Unicornia, as, as we are, and, and it seems like so many things are just getting worse and worse. The the bums and junkies, the property crime is just off the charts. They they have a surplus in in Sacramento, but they're looking to raise taxes. You have high earners and companies fleeing the state by the tens of thousands. How far will it have to go before there will be any significant change in governance, maybe even Republicans elected in, in the great, ridiculous state of California?
3: Yeah, I've been asking that question for a while. I mean, I think we are getting close to a tipping point. You guys have identified all the different factors at play. Uh, and, and it doesn't seem as though there are real solutions being proposed by people in Sacramento. You know, I saw the other day Gavin Newsom's answer to the homeless crisis was to rent a bunch of RVs and try and and, and send them down the road to to put people up temporarily. He's not addressing the fundamental issues, the reasons why we have this homelessness crisis, the lack of affordable housing, crazy permitting laws that don't permit us to put up more capacity, uh, not addressing the mental health crisis we face in our state. All sorts of challenges that aren't being addressed. Well, and I've got kind of to throw in, that, in what
1: every worker, what every volunteer, what every pro we talk to says, and they all say the same thing. Guys, it is primarily a substance abuse problem. I have not heard yeah. Gavin confess that.
3: Yeah. So I, I would hope we would see a turning point at some point soon here. But, it, it, I mean, you guys have identified something really important. You've got a lot of people who are leaving the state. And, yes, it's high-income people who don't want to pay California taxes, but more importantly, it's middle-income families that can't make it work. And that is the base of California. That is the backbone of California on which this state's been built. And when these people are leaving because they want to go to Nevada, they want to go to Arizona, they want to go to low-tax states, you know you've got a problem, and they are leaving in droves. You're absolutely right.
1: Lonnie Chen is with the Hoover Institution and Stanford University. Lonnie, it's always uh, great, always fun, uh, and, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah, You know, democracy is a terrible idea. It's just better than the rest of them, to paraphrase Churchill and, you know, other great thinkers.
0: There's donuts in the lunchroom. Oh, God. Sean had one. Yeah, it was delicious. Mm. Uh, Michael, do you have one? Not yet. Hanson had one. Ensign's usually good for they're, a donut. They're, 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 what's, what sort of donuts? Do we have any more variety? Data? It's not Krispy Kreme, though. It's just... No, They are Krispy Kreme. Oh, but they are? They're, they're just not the traditional okay. only glaze. They, uh, oh. It's a variety pack. You know, I yeah. didn't even know Krispy Kreme made other donuts. Like... I didn't either. Are there any cake
1: donuts involved? I believe so, yeah. Do yeah. they traffic in the cake donut? I did not even know that.
0: I said to the donut shop the other day, and I said made some sarcastic comment about health or whatever, and she said, you know... She said, you could eat a couple of these and it's less fat than getting a burger with cheese over there. And she nodded toward a fast food place. And I thought, you know, that is true. Mm. It's, not, it's not great for you, but neither is that. Yeah. And, uh, well,
1: c- crack is better for you than shooting yourself in the head. I mean, that's just not even an argument, Jack. I think it is.
0: Is it? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't feel as guilty. Maybe, maybe the answer is you need to feel as guilty eating fast food as you do eating donuts. But.
2: Oh
1: hey, listen. As long as we're talking about Cal Unicornia, if you guys are done talking about donuts, like a couple of children,
0: is <laughs> worse for you than that, that yeah, would be
1: my argument. That's hammered. a decent argument. Um, uh, Michael, do you have the uh go horn handy? You're going to need it in just a second. Uh, speaking of Cal Unicornia, as long as I brought it up, we got this sarcastic note from Tina. Hey, fellas, just wanted to let you know my home state. And I looked at the map, and I believe it's one of your big rectangular states, but a little squiggly, (laughs) a little squiggly at the bottom right, which I believe is South Dakota. Uh, Just wanted to let you know my home state will be experiencing some wind, please. We're experiencing wind. It's still happening, but no thoughts at all about losing power. I believe that's a shot of
0: California. Yeah, that's one Um, of the, having having, uh, been born in South Dakota and lived there, a number of times and visited many, many times. It's one of the states I use as an example of much worse weather than California. And the electricity didn't go off.
1: Then she writes, "Joe, as you may remember, you are my love." Well, it's good to have options, and thank you for the note. Wow, I am, a- uh, uh, you know, uh, as of now married. Is that officially sexting? Does that count as sexting? I hope so. I think you've been sexted. I hope so. <laughs>